Welcome to the Career Conversations with Vicki podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Mueller Espinosa. I'm a career strategist and meet fascinating and accomplished people who have amazing career stories. In this podcast, I'll introduce you to friends, coworkers, and acquaintances so you can hear their career tips, tricks, and strategies. I'm excited to introduce you to them and their stories. I hope you'll be inspired and excited to apply what you learn to your own career. Today, my guest is April Mills. April is a change expert and author who is passionate about helping people achieve the changes they want to see. She enjoys seeing people achieve their wildest dreams. Today, we're going to talk about well-meaning but unhelpful career advice she has gotten over the years. Welcome to the podcast, April. Thanks for having me, Vicki. All right. So let's start out with a story. I'd like you to tell me a story about a time you got advice that, if you had taken it, would have stalled your career. There's a great story from early in my career where I had gotten a bit bored with my first assignments. Um, I'm a high-energy person, and I had really enjoyed the, the ramp into my job. But once I got into that plateau, I got restless. And I had been approached by the uh, engineers union at the organization I was in to see if I was interested in becoming a union rep for them, which would have been a collateral duty that would have been added to my job. And my boss at the time pulled me aside and said, I really recommend you don't do this. Everyone who has become a union rep, has hurt their career. It's seen as uh, antagonistic to upper management, uh, a troublemaker sort of position. And I really just recommend you, you not do that. And I thought about it for a while. And then I decided, no, I think this is for me. I wanted to get involved with the union to help set some policies around uh, working mothers. We it was a shipyard. There weren't many women there. And we really didn't have the policies and practices in place for what to do when those of us who were in our 20s started to have kids. And so I said, no, I really want to get involved and make that change. And so I'm going to do that. And it was one of the best experiences of my life, not only to be the rep and representing people and understanding their needs, but it really got me on my path towards being a change agent because part of the role was to understand what were some changes that were being made in policies and practices and how were they going to be implemented called impact and implementation bargaining. And through that role, I got to meet admirals and travel to Washington, D.C. and do advocacy work, and meet with senior leaders when I was very junior. And it was nothing but a blessing. And years later, in talking with the manager, he admitted that, you know, he'd never seen anybody do that role like I had. And I think it was just really important that I understood where, what I wanted to do and that I did that role with my own values versus assuming I had to do it like everyone else had. So sometimes people, you know, see a pattern. It had hurt other people's careers, and they want to warn you about that pattern. But I would tell people just because that's been the pattern in the past, do it your own way. You don't have to repeat someone else's career path, and that can make a big difference. I love that. It's a great story. I had a manager uh, many years ago who used to tell me regularly to fly low and avoid the radar. 
uh, in other words, don't stick out, right? Don't don't have yeah. elbows or anything that sticks out that would cause your career or undue attention to you. And um, I tend to ignore that as well. <laughs> <laughs> You've never been able to blend in, my friend. Yeah, no. So it's it's definitely interesting to hear what people tell us and um, when we reflect back what that meant to us. In that vein, if you could go back and tell your little 20-year-old self something helpful, what would you tell yourself? I think one of the big things I would tell myself is when everybody asks you where you're going to be in five years, don't get worried about that question. Um, I think a lot of folks need the certainty of a path, right? You get into college and they want to know what am I going to graduate with. They get into the job and they want to set a, a goal for a specific position. And for years, it bothered me that that really wasn't how I was shaping up my career. I didn't want to set my sights on one senior leadership position and do everything I could to get there. And it took me until I was much older than 20 to come across uh, a story about Teddy Roosevelt where somebody had told him when he was police commissioner in New York, they said, well, at this rate, Sir, you're going to be president. And apparently the story goes, he climbed over the desk and shook the man, I think he was a reporter, and said, don't say that. If you say things like that, I'll do safe things to try and accomplish it, and I'll never do anything with my life. And when I first read that story, it really resonated with me, because if you set your career up trying to do all of the things they say are necessary to reach a certain point, maybe you'll get there. But what else will you miss? And I've had a fantastic career because I've always just tried to apply my best self to the job in front of me and be ready for the next opportunity. And I would tell my 20-year-old self not to sweat that lack of a plan and just to live that urgency and fierceness in the now because it'll be even better than you ever expected. Wow, I sure wish you had been talking to my 20-year-old self because I know how much I struggled with that. Where will you be in five years? I think I used to even dodge my manager every time uh, he or she would want to talk to me about it, right, in specifics. Uh, what an intimidating and difficult conversation to have if you're not someone who plans out every minute of your life. So. Yeah. I think I agree with you. I, I can't tell you how many wonderful opportunities I had because someone said, hey, you want to go try that? I'm like, sure, I'll go try that. We'll see what happens. So you, you must have passion, too, as well. All right. Yeah. Good, good, good stuff. All right. So sitting down with your kids, you've got yes, uh, four and you've got a few that are starting to think about their future and where they're going to go. Um what advice do you give your own children? So the biggest thing I'm focusing on with them as they go through school and experiment with different classes they might want to try and uh, topics they might have an interest in is a um, framework that I heard uh, in a video online. And the person in the video was talking about differentiating between hobbies things we love but we're not necessarily good at and no one's really paying us for, nor maybe do we want them to. And jobs, which are interactions where you trade your time for money to pay the bills. Careers, which are um, 
a trajectory where you're investing more of yourself in the task in the hopes of that next ladder step. And then vocations, which is really a calling to something where it's great if you can get somebody to pay you for it and create a career around it, but you would do it even if no one was paying you. And I've been blessed to find a vocation and link that up with a career so that I can live my best life every day doing what I love. And that's really what I'm challenging them to do is say, you know, to be on the lookout for what hits their souls as more of a calling and then the challenge around building a life around that. Because maybe in order to do your calling, you're going to do a job more than a career. But I'd hate for them to create a career in something that wasn't a passion for them. So they were trading their life for um, steps on a ladder that didn't serve their heart. So that's the challenge I'm giving to them is to look for that vocation and link it up with their best selves and maybe they'll have jobs sometimes so they can live their vocation, but I'm confident they'll live a happier life if they find that and fulfill that instead of just trying to attain some position in some organization, which we all know are more fleeting and more temporary than they've ever been before. That's excellent. I really, I really like that. Um, really trying to figure out a way to monetize something that you love to do and that you're good at and that you enjoy doing every day important um, thought. So speaking of that, did you ever think when you were younger that you would be a published author? And can you tell us a little bit about the book that you've written? So I don't know if I ever, when I was young, young, thought I'm going to write a book. Um, I do remember, you know, second grade where they had you write one and publish it by actually hand stitching it together and putting it in the library. And, and that was sort of fun, but maybe I put that idea aside for uh, more decades than maybe I want to declare on this podcast. Um, but when I finally came to writing my book three years ago, it was at the point where I had a message that I'd been sharing through courses, and I really just couldn't scale out the um, – learning fast enough to people, if they had to encounter me and spend time in a room with me in order to learn it, I was becoming the constraint to people doing what we talked about in the intro of achieving their wildest dreams. And I didn't think that was where I wanted to be is standing between them and their wildest dreams. And writing a book was one way of getting out of their way. And so with the two weeks I had while my son Ted was in the hospital, I cranked out the book, and looking back at it, I, I don't even know how I managed to do it. Um, so I was blessed with, with the opportunity and the energy at that moment, and I'm just really excited that Everyone is a Change Agent is out there for folks so that whoever finds it, uh, you know, a few people find it online, it seems, every day, and I hope it's a blessing to them that they get to achieve what they want in their lives and and now that I have done it, um, I'm sure there'll be plenty more books in the future. If I can get a bit of time between the four kids and the full-time job, I'll get another one out someday. That sounds good. I know the book is really helpful to me because you wrote it in such a way that it follows the story 
of how you put together an accessible playground um, so that your son could um, play on the playground with other kids because he's oftentimes in a chair. So um, it's a very easy read for our readers um, and it, it really hones in on the points and the different things that could catch you um, if you're trying to make change, whether it's personally in your personal life or if it's professionally and what professional things you are doing, uh, it really gives you that formulaic way of thinking about it. And um, I believe the story that you told reinforces each one of those so you don't forget any of the pieces. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. It was a, it was, it was a joy to share and you know, telling Ted's story um, worldwide is always is always fun. Yeah. Well, Ted's an amazing kid. All right. Any last um, piece of advice if we're trying to implement change? What What is the one big thing that people forget or um, ignore uh, as they're trying to make changes in their careers or in their lives? What would you leave people with? Well, the key message in the book and the key one I always return back to is change happens when we personally make a change and then we role model it to others. So much time is spent wishing other people would do something and not doing it ourselves. So if you want to eat better as a family, start eating better. If you want to live a healthier life, start today living your healthier life. Don't create a plan for what everybody should do. Start with yourself, and and if more people would drive change, which is what I call that, when you choose the change for yourself and clear the obstacles for others to choose it too, we'd all move faster than what the status quo, sadly, is, which is driving people, which is coming up with some way to reward or coerce or threaten others to do the thing that maybe you haven't done yet. So let's drive some change together and amazing things will be possible for us, for our families, for our organizations, and for our communities. That is a wonderful reminder, and I really appreciate you sharing your wisdom and knowledge with us. Uh, I'll have a link somewhere on the, near the podcast for April's book if you want to pick it up. And I want to thank April for coming in today and uh, sharing all of her tips with us. And uh, we'll talk to you next time on the podcast. Thanks, April. Thanks, Vicki. 